0: Today on The Manufacturer Podcast, a range of reflections following changing perceptions, which was a conference we attended this week addressing the huge industry talking point of gender diversity. Hear what we made of the day, the sessions we attended, and the stuff we took away. Also, if one man can can tell us about San Fran, then that man surely can can be James because he was there last week and I assume that was nice for him. Find out if I'm wrong in today's episode. Hi, listener, thanks for joining us again. And you've joined us on the first Friday of November. We've just for one syllable for each of his names it's Joe Bush. He's back with me, slightly more syllables, but harder to spell. Apparently, Lana Dima here too, and James, so far from the Shire of Devonshire, joins me too. A full house, bash. And we were expecting Joe in the studio, but he's been swept up in the eye of Storm Kiron.
1: I have, yes. I was. I'm confined to barracks. Um, houses being buffeted. Lights are flickering. Um, it's all a bit. Uh, it's
0: all a bit apocalyptic down here. I'm afraid. He put, in the, he put in the group chat. He put in the group chat this morning. All lights are flickering, and James responded with a thumbs up emoji <laughs> to his message <laughs> in WhatsApp. It's just like, yeah,
1: "Welcome to my literally world, literally bozo." <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, how are we all doing? Um, busy day today, um, and we're going to talk about. I'm really gutted about this. Right, we're going we're gonna to talk about a really good event that we attended earlier in the week, Changing Perceptions. This was very much Deems' gig, right? Like she was on the bill and she was really looking forward to it. I'm gutted you didn't get to go, man.
2: Honestly, I actually, I am. I really am. Like I have such FOMO, especially from seeing all the like LinkedIn posts and obviously hearing a little bit from you guys. Um, But yeah, I was ill and I couldn't be there.
1: I think the whole event was basically like, Going to be geared around you, wasn't it, Lana? It was just like changing perceptions of Lana Dema.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard that literally—that yeah. is
2: what they were wanting to call it. But I had to kind of say, look, I really don't want that kind of limelight. So can you just take off my name and just leave it?
1: And and which which name was it? Because I don't know if we've ever actually stopped to actually make note of how many different spellings of your name we've received <sighs> over the last year or so i mean you've yeah. had all sorts so you even had a lannister haven't you
2: oh that that is my absolute favorite i honestly i can't even tell you how much i love that one i oh, sorry i've got to do i've got to do a shout out to the guy uh that called me lannister <laughs> um... was,
1: it, was it ned stark by any chance <laughs> uh,
2: lannister,
3: the he always <laughs> pays the debts
2: <laughs> it was um, Craig Morrison um, who is
0: head of comms at Winterfell yeah, good, good, good laugh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's the head of PR at Fractory, and, and, oh, Fractory yeah. Yeah. he was the one that gave me the name Lannister
1: have you have you pronounced his name correctly or are you just doing it deliberately wrong just to get your own bags his name like Dave Smith or something
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that, that is his name.
0: Uh, but no, it was it was honestly cracking. And this is a day, if you didn't already know, it's an inaugural conference, um, part of like a series of activities organized by the Women in Manufacturing Initiative. It's a group encouraging diversity and inclusion into the sector, which which you probably assumed if you hadn't heard about it before. I just want to say like the engagement there, like we've been to two talks, two conferences at that same venue at the MTC, both on sustainability. So two massive issues in manufacturing. We've been to, you know, countless talks again on some, you know, big subjects around skills and that sort of thing. That's definitely the most engaged I've ever seen a, a, an audience and keynotes were overrunning because, you know, people wanted to kind of make point after point. Questions weren't kind of being answered because there were so many of them. So this matters to people, right? Like, this really, really does matter to people.
1: Yeah, I think where, it's, where where it perhaps differs from some of the conferences you mentioned there, Tom, is that it 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 feels and is very personal to people. Uh, and you could sort of see that with the engagement and the passion in the room. As you say, it really does matter to people, understandably so. Um, it was, a, yeah, a very, very engaging audience, that's for sure, um, with some, some real passionate passionate views put across.
2: One um, thing that I was really, really looking forward to that obviously I I didn't get to um, experience, but I was really looking forward to sort of just seeing how it felt to be in a room where you're, um, what's the word? Not the minority. You're the... Majority. Majority, that's it. Um, And that is something that came out of... The pre-event conversation um, that I had with Megan and Kate, um, where, you know, we spoke a lot about the fact that at every single event you go to, you get excited when you see another woman in the room Mm. because it's like, oh, someone like me or whatever. So I was really looking forward to, and obviously because just you mentioned then, you know, you were um, some of the only males Mm. You know, in in the room, welcome to our yeah. world. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. I, like I say, we'll touch on that point uh, a, a little bit later on. Yeah, you mentioned um, two of the individuals involved as as part of a group: Megan Ronayne um, of Innovate UK, Kate Wilshire of IFM Engage. Um, yeah, two fantastic representatives for women in manufacturing. Sarah Blacksmith as well at Siemens, obviously a good friend of ours. Uh, we saw plenty of familiar faces um, on the day. The Discussions were kicked off by IFM's Jennifer castaneda Navarrete, who spoke about manufacturing perceptions from an international perspective. And and she was joined by, Joe, remind me.
1: Uh, She was joined by Dalila Ribaldo, uh, who is assistant professor uh, in the Department of Economics at Aston University.
0: And they're on a mission. um, Their project is to make manufacturing charming. Joe caught up with them. Uh, Have a quick listen to this
1: so you both gave a a talk this morning around perceptions of of manufacturing can you uh, both give us a little bit of a flavor around uh, your presentation this morning and some of the some of the key takeaways
4: of course Uh, well first uh, i started giving a background of how is the status of the gender gap in uk manufacturing and then dali if you want uh, to talk about the international perspectives that we share
5: yes so we presented a snapshot of the project that we are working on on a research grant that looked at the perception of manufacturing both in the uk and across seven countries and the main objective of the project of this project is that we're trying to bring a little bit more perspective on the image problem if any that manufacturing has in the uk and see what other countries are doing if they are experiencing the same problem and how they are addressing it and in the end along the road what can we do to make manufacturing charming again that was yeah the title of our project and in terms of key takeaways as for let's say the part that i've that i presented this morning is that people do still believe that manufacturing is not 100% 100% high skilled. Just 20% of people in 2023 do believe the manufacturing is high skilled. There is male intensive, and for that, uh, women do not come forward and being uh, and put themselves as a, in a recruitment process, for instance. And unfortunately, or fortunately, as I said this morning, the UK shared the same with other countries, mm-hmm. and because other countries are experiencing. The same. They're still perceived as male-intensive, and uh, the general public do uh, do come to appreciate manufacturing, do recognize the role the role that manufacturing has in bedrock of the economy, but doesn't w- wouldn't suggest a career in, in there, for instance. Mm. Okay. So yeah. that's
1: I think one of the things that came out of the presentation this morning was the percentage of women in manufacturing is very similar from from country to country. Why why do you think some of the reasons are why why that might be?
4: We find the similar barriers across different countries. I think across countries we find that um, we still think that there is, it's more like a woman role to care for children, to care for uh, adults and to conduct domestic tasks. So this is one of the, the main causes that explain the difference and, and also that traditionally we have seen manufacturing as a, as a male sector. Mm-hmm. So this is an image that is shared by, by different countries. Yeah.
1: From the countries that, you, that have participated in the, in the survey, is there any uh, countries that are doing particularly well in this regard? And further to that, is there any, anything that the UK can particularly learn from the way other countries are, are addressing this gender gap?
4: we we saw that singapore does slightly better still there is a, a gender gap but we found that singapore has more participation of women in the sector and one key difference is that they are really investing in the social care sector they they are thinking about the aging population and in uh, improving their their care services
0: so we were given the numbers like the percentage of women in the industry and actually lana wrote uh, a piece sort of pre-event um, where, and, and you can obviously find this out elsewhere, but it is on the manufacturer website. Women represent 26% of the UK's uh, manufacturing sector.
1: What I found interesting about the report was it kind of really went granular and sort of dug around beneath that 26% because it sort of it it's sort all of, it's kind of highlighted some, you know, even. Um, what's the word? Under, further underlying issues beyond that 26%. For example, it said that only 12% have come from a non, non-white or ethnic background, um, and only 1% uh, of women in manufacturing have disabilities, um, mm. which was which was stark. And then of that 26% it then went on to reveal that 70% of those are in actually administrative roles with only 9% mm. in skilled trades and only 23% in senior or managerial roles um and then it's sort of looked across manufacturing sectors as well so the re- representation of women is much higher in the tech t- things like the textile sector and the pharmaceutical sector um And much lower in automotive and transport, for example. So that was, you know, gave an interesting uh, insight across across sectors. And it's also, I think, we've perhaps been guilty of just assuming that this is a problem within the UK. But this this report spanned, I think, Canada, Germany, Switzerland, South Korea, Singapore, and the US, as well as the UK. Uh, And it and it revealed very very similar. similar figures, so it is a cross-culture, cross-geography uh, issue.
0: It was good. It, it was a good you know, way to start the day. There are plenty of reports out there, though, right, on this, on you know, gender imbalance in manufacturing. Um, and actually, one of the reasons why this initiative was started was because those practical steps and action plans are kind of nowhere to be seen. What was really good, I thought about this event, and I said it to Joe on the day, was the fact that there were these interactive talks and discussion breakout sessions on things like networking and social media, so like methods to put yourself out there, imposter syndrome, which was really, really interesting. Like all these kind of personal blockers rather than just focusing on the social blockers, which which yes, obviously we're aware of and are still important. Um, and we hear so much about, we don't always hear about what can be done from an individual perspective, like the approaches you can adopt, techniques that you can develop to kind of like develop your mindset almost. Like it was it was super interesting and a really nice way to come at it, I thought, mm. a really nice way to come yeah, at It made the day very interactive, didn't it? I thought what was kind of stark as well and made me think was, and it kind of plays back into that perception thing that we talk about all the time um your man that was speaking on the uh panel first half of the day
1: uh, N- in the
0: that's for one yeah of Natural. he was a good speaker cuz he, he, he spoke buried, about yeah. he spoke about his parents i think he said i think they, he said they came over from pakistan um and this was at the sort of time where a lot of commonwealth countries kind of people from abroad, it was kind of the Windrush generation as well, right, were called upon to fill a labor shortage after the war. And a lot of these labor shortages did exist in factories, in you know factories that don't look anything like they do today. Like, you know, pretty dangerous environments, pretty filthy environments, low paid environments. He said about his dad getting injured in one, like getting blinded in a factory. So that was always his perception growing up. That was always his perception growing up. It was... And I think his dad said to him, you know, make sure you get an education so you don't end up in a factory.
1: Yeah. He he also said something very interesting. I thought about unconscious bias sort of coming from his background because he said that um, uh, with with regards to sort of like the recruitment issue, if you you come from, say, a village or a town where everybody looks like you, talks like you, sounds like you, and then you end up going to a school with people that look like you, talk like you, and sound like you, and then you end up in a in a hiring capacity at a, at a company with people that look like you, sound like you, and talk like you. Who are you end up going to? Who are you going to end up hiring? And I thought that was quite yeah, that was quite a meaningful, meaningful and powerful statement actually.
0: I mentioned me and Joe being one of maybe four or five men that had come along to the event. We actually spoke to a lady that worked for Siemens, who was kind of saying, "How do we get you know?" blokes along to these sorts of events because like uh, ultimately yes um women should always be the majority at that sort of event but actually if you don't kind of also get men engaged with them and men just kind of sitting there and hearing breakout discussions from the point of view of women in the industry then you're not really going to accelerate much change you do need everybody on board of it you do need everybody experiencing the kind of the insights and the takeaways and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think making men part of the solution is key. Is key to that. Um, they, they need to be inside this tent spitting out, as it were, rather than outside the tent spitting in. And yeah, they need to be part of the solution, rather than part of the problem. So, yeah, involving involving men in 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 these sort of events, I think, is really important.
2: How do you think that you can get more men to those types of events? Because it's tricky. I know they were very much keen for. You know all sorts of people to come along um join in, you know be part of the day um but you know how 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 can you actually get more men to do that because mm. it is often quite a select few. I remember at the yeah. um panel discussion back at Digital Manufacturing Week last year. Again, it was mainly women, but there were some men there that were listening and then they were asking questions mm. afterwards. Um, you know, the the sorts of people that want to, you know, be aware of maybe some unconscious biases that they have. Um, but I just wondered what you guys think. Like how do you think we can the
1: point that the lady from Siemens uh, apologies to her because I can't remember her, her name, but uh, that's kind of what she raised with us. So she was saying that as great as the event is to see every, all these women in the here in the same place, that she they are kind of preaching to the converted, as it were. You know that you know mm. there's all the women there that, who who are there want to see more women um, in in manufacturing, and they want to present. Um, promote the sector to to women so it, it, you know they say so they're preaching to the choir in that respect so that was kind of her question she posed it to us didn't she tom and it's a difficult question to answer i think isn't it
0: yeah i think yeah we've said the kind of reasons maybe for you know not many men coming along is that fear of maybe saying the wrong thing or maybe just mm. kind of thinking actually this is for you guys mm. this isn't really for us you mm. know this is for you and yeah that that can't really be the mindset. Mm. I think framing it as they did in some of those discussion sessions, framing it around things that men can kind of also relate to, because you might kind of go to that as a man thinking, oh, this will be interesting, but I actually can't really get involved in any of this because it doesn't reply, it doesn't apply to me. Actually, that imposter syndrome was very kind of you know emotive and kind mm. of a lot of conversations kind of came from that and me and Joe were able to contribute to that. So if you're able to kind of frame... Aspects of the day to make them more inclusive. Yeah, yeah. It feels offhand, doesn't it? To say that uh, an inclusive and diversity and inclusion conference should be made more diverse the other way. Well, I guess
2: it's just about making everyone feel comfortable and, and that's ultimately... I mean, this is becoming quite a big conversation, but ultimately it kind of goes back to the reason why just our, you know, events, even if they're not related to women in manufacturing mm-hmm. or whatever, it should just be that diversification of thought to get that from everyone. And it should just always be that.
1: That was what was good about some of those breakout sessions because it did. there was issues that were raised um, and stories that were raised that made you think as a, as a man you're looking at the issue through, through a, a man's lens, and you weren't really, you you, you didn't really look at it from a, from a woman's perspective before, and that, and that those sort of breakout sessions kind of highlighted that. I think when we were talking to the lady from Siemens, anecdotally, I sort of told her a story that when I was, it started off as a joke when I was speaking to Jane, and I was sort of saying how how long it takes her to get ready um, to go out. And she showed me something on, online whereas it, it was two columns. Um, and the title of one column, column was things that a man has to consider when leaving the house, and it was literally remember keys, remember wallet, and that was it. And then the other column was things a woman has to consider before leaving the house, and it was like a list of things. You know, like does anyone, does anybody know where you're going? Does anybody know what time you're due to get there and what time you're due to leave? Is your phone properly charged? You know, it's all the all the things that or some things that wouldn't really occur to a guy at all so it's just completely not on on their wavelength um so things like that those breakout sessions actually put you to a degree in the from to look at things from the from a woman's perspective which was very
0: good also just hearing some of the societal and historical reasons for the point that we're at it does make me think that we are still probably a long way. I know people want change instantly. I know people want change quickly. We are probably still, you know, a good few years away from proper gender parity. I would say in in, in all in, in many aspects of life, but certainly within manufacturing, we are a long way. So, you know, I think you're looking at potentially the next sort of. 30 years rather than the next five or 10 years where we start to see it's marginal gains isn't it it's marginal gains but you do have to remember that the room as engaged as they were and as fantastic an event as it was was a tiny tiny fraction of industry so it's got great momentum it's built up a great head of steam but it just needs to be given time to grow do keep an ear out for a follow-up Uh, post-event podcast, which I believe we're going to be doing a bit of a special um, with Lana, with uh, Megan Renane and with Sarah Blacksmith, I believe. So yeah, do keep an eye out and an ear out for that. That'll be on the Manufacturer Archives before the end of the year.
1: I think also something that uh, Megan mentioned as well around sort of other other initiatives. She had mentioned a grant that Innovate UK are launching in early November. I think it was called No Limits, which is a grant uh, that's going to be available to... To, to businesses to support diversity inclusion projects. So that's, that's certainly something to look out for.
0: All right, let's move it on. JD, uh, he's being kept up very, very late um, because we're doing this and then we are um, pre-recording a webinar. Um, but he's been to San Francisco recently and if he hasn't fallen asleep, um then i'm going to ask him how it was yeah i
3: haven't fallen asleep just
0: yet but i might sort soon uh shortly um
3: san francisco yeah um really good event i was there for aviva world 2023 um so a very quick history of aviva they started as a cad center back in 1960 something um and nowadays they are kind of like a uh, an industry leader i guess in um AI and industrial data sharing, um, some of their products and things are absolutely amazing as I had, was very fortunate enough to, uh, see being demonstrated. So yeah, very, very powerful software and solutions for manufacturers, um, c- certainly, um, uh, renewable, sustainable, uh, energy and technologies and that kind of stuff. Um,
0: yeah, yeah good stuff, really, dude. really good event. Good stuff. How would you rate San Fran? Um, yeah, it was good actually. I've got a little
3: bit of an anecdote. Um. When I like, when I got off the plane and you're just walking down the line, and then all you see is US border control. And I don't know why I was mm. really intimidated because it was just US border control, and all the people sat there. They're not like just sat in normal uniforms, they've got great big badges which say police. And then you have like a mini interview <laughs> before you before you're allowed to, onto like US soil. And I just wasn't prepared. And I've been traveling for like 25, 26 hours. So I got to the window finally after queuing for about two hours. And I just got this really stern lady, and she said, "Why, <laughs> why are you trying to enter the U.S. today?" And I just sort of froze and said, "Conference." And she went, "What, what, what kind of, conf- what kind of conference?" And I went, "Um, software." Like sort of really intimidated, like boyish voice. And then she said, "Then she said, where are you staying?" And I said, "Hotel." it was the worst it was the worst u.s border control interview in the history of u.s border control interviews she, the, the final question was how much cash do you have and i said i've got some philippine pesos <laughs> 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 i said I, I was planning to get some out of an atm and that was it and then she said okay enjoy your stay and let me in and i was just like oh my god what sort <laughs> sounds it sounds like really uh, nerve
1: it and sounds like the conversation you have got? with a uh, with a bar staff when you go and go into a pub and you're underage and try and get served,
2: yeah <laughs> no, we had that when we were leaving Italy though the like we had to go through the passport control bit like right before the gate. Why do I need to know how much money you've and got? and then suddenly on your... the policeman like turned he was like how much how much money and um, what do you have in your bag and I was like not expecting it at all so I was like, what what do you mean? I was like, I don't have any money because <laughs> I didn't have any cash because, you know, it was the end of my trip. <laughs> oh, man. But, but going through U.S. border control is the most terrifying thing ever. Like you feel so guilty for no reason whatsoever. Did
0: you remember to tip, JD? My God, did you remember to tip? Because they do not like it if you don't remember to tip. Well,
2: um, Yeah
3: in san francisco i mean i'm guessing it's like most other parts of the u.s they you can't really get out of it well you can but they make you feel really guilty
0: oh they make you feel so bad
3: You get the receipt and at the bottom there's like the small the bit at the top is like the small bit which shows like what you've ordered. And then there's like three quarters of the rest of the receipt which says suggested tips and it gives you like fifteen percent would equate to this, twenty percent would equate to this, twenty-five percent would equate to this, and you basically tick whichever box you wanna or there's a custom field where you can be a bit of a cheapskate and put like five percent and then you have to do the math math in your head and so they make it easy with the bigger with the bigger percentages, but yeah. Anything um, below anything,
0: yeah anything below 15 is considered a bit a bit of an insult i think yeah yeah,
3: yeah. 15% was the lowest option on the little tick box i th- i thought i thought the going rate was about 12%
1: isn't it no i don't know maybe
3: Obviously
1: where you go not. i Joe, thought where i, where I, I thought drinking, it was considered a bit more up a glass. yeah
0: <laughs> i thought it was considered slightly kind of churlish to go anything below 15 but but i might be wrong
3: they sort of guilt trip you into it i'm not saying it's a bad thing but it's just like you get the yeah. receipt and you're not really ready for it do you kind of is it does, do you tip everybody?
5: I
1: mean like in the UK it's kind of like restaurants, taxi drivers and haircuts. That's kind of the three <laughs> the three like standard <laughs> issue places that you always tip without fail but
2: I've never tipped my hairdresser. You tip your
0: barber do you? Yeah, I've never yeah. tipped a barber.
2: I have never done that.
0: That's because you go to. That's because you go to one of those like ye oldie barbers, probably, isn't it? And it's like the, the, the guy that cuts your hair is like
1: ye oldie barber. What? Someone <laughs> yeah. does it with
0: a scythe. The guy, the guy cutting your hair is like wearing a suit, and like you chuck him a nickel, and you go like thanks, sport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> have a bully day. I thought
1: everyone's hit their barber.
2: No. I've never done that. Oh
1: dear, okay, well I've kind of Exposed myself again, this is like they uh, Calling cinema the pictures again,
0: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just very quickly, JD, did you get a kebab And did you like it?
3: Oh, no, I know I sent you a picture Of a kebab shop It yeah. was closed though, so I didn't actually get oh, a kebab no. I know I know, I was gutted like, I even Sorry, man a, we, we, yeah, just did, The timing was all wrong um,
0: Next time, San
3: Francisco, next time
0: I mean, I I know they've you know the nation of uh, the nation of grub, but I don't feel like they do a kebab justice. Not like you get over here. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, don't think you've missed out there.
1: Yeah. When you go, you're off to Vegas soon, JD, aren't you? So when you when you go, you're gonna um... have to check out that heart attack grill. Did I send you a link for that?
0: You did. Yeah, I
1: think. Yeah. 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 I've seen that on on like uh, Man vs. Food and things like that. It just seems like very unique place that has to be visited if you go to Vegas, I think
0: I shall check it out. And any good content as well just before we uh, we come to wrap up? Uh, yeah, I did a handful of interviews with some
3: vice presidents of various bits and pieces from Aviva, um, so watch out for some write-ups on those on the manufacturer website um, and also from the keynotes um, i've I'll be doing some write-ups as well so yeah you can find out a bit more about Aviva World and Aviva and the great stuff they're doing. And a big shout out, lastly, to Guy and Priscilla and Deb and Christina from Aviva, uh, who basically arranged it all and made it happen. And thank you very much.
0: Thanks, then, chaps. Uh, yeah, slightly different pod today. Now, we haven't run through any uh, headlines. Uh, you can still check them out, by the way. Uh, £5 a month um, for unlimited access to the website, as always. No, made by a moron this week. We've sort of run slightly out of time. Um, Air pressure machines for car tires uh, is one I was going to speak about. Uh, That can be saved till next week because I know Joe's got a horrible story about that. They're just not very good and um, they were made by a moron. um, And we will discuss that um, at a later date. Uh, Should be an episode going out next week. So keep your ears out for that. Uh, Important reminder that the manufacturer live is in... Well, just under two weeks now, right? Um, And there are still tickets to the Manufacturing Leaders Summit. There's still tickets. And if you don't get to that, then you're on crack and there's something severely wrong with you. Well, well, you are, you are. Because, like, this is, you know, this is serious stuff. This is the largest collection of senior manufacturers in the UK under one roof at one time. So get along, get on the website, book your ticket, come along. We'll have a beer at TMX, and then hang around late because we'll get like a. Oh, well, maybe we won't get a kebab actually <sighs> if JD's not here.
1: Oh, we have You're to. Right. We have to for, in like homage for, to to JD. So we... <laughs>
2: just the thought of not having a kebab with James. Oh. <laughs> just James not being there makes me feel really upset. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It just doesn't feel right.
3: It is. I think you should have my. You should have my kebab, Lannister. mother of babs
2: do you know every single time james messages me every single time james messages me he always calls me lana and let me just spell that out l-a-n-n-e-r
0: it's not far off actually it's quite far off isn't it no actually no it's only it's only it's only two letters off
2: yeah, well, that was... That was that
3: was in homage to an email that was sent um, by a nameless person who called Lana, Bye.
0: Lana, <laughs> Lana. I'll look forward to your company next week. And, listener, I'll look forward to your company uh, as well. This is the first episode of an ever-so-mini-series on leadership. We hope to see you next time. Until then, have a good week. Bye. 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 Bye.
2: That, that was all really good impressions of, like, James when he's at border control, like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a true anecdote as well,
3: though. I was so nervous.